my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is the $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify, and if you have any questions, feel free to come down to almostinevitable.com and leave a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead and recommend it and share it. Um, All right, so we are up to episode 017 or episode 17. The title is Left Unfinished. Uh, Left Unfinished is a Machine Head song, like I mentioned last week. Um, This time, because this is is a same topic, I I decided to use the same band for both episodes, right? So um, last episode, episode 16, None But My Own, was about the the build, the actual build, right? So of course, because, you know, we've been build, we've been coming down this path of the nine step web design process, which I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure if you're a regular listener, you know what it is by now, but I'm just gonna go over it one more time. Uh, get the brief, number, step number one, get the brief, step number two, get the quote, step number, oh, sorry, step number two, provide the quote, step number three, get the deposit, step number four, provide the proof, step number five, get the approval, step number six, provide the build, step number seven, get the final approval, step number eight, get the balance, step number nine, provide the migration. So. Uh, we are at step number six, which is providing the build. And that is uh, the part where you actually build on WordPress. Now, of course, you guys know that I develop, uh, I'm a front-end developer using WordPress, uh, and I like using WordPress. Yeah, I used to use Joomla and tried Drupal and all that, but I stuck with WordPress. It's been over 10 years using WordPress. Um, anyways, I used to use Divi quite a bit. I hate Elementor because it's front end only, which goes the same for Oxygen and all that other front end only builders. And you'll see why in this episode. Um, you'll hear why, I guess, in this episode. And I used to like Divi. <laughs> you can hear I used to like Divi. I do not as much anymore because after, um, their uh, version four release, it just went to shit, I think. And it's gonna take a while for them to actually update enough that it's actually, I think, usable. Anyways, um, so let's get into, oh yeah, so what do I use now? Well, I, so what I use is I use a theme called underscores and I couple that with site origin page builder. Of course, um, Divi does work okay depending on um, the use of the website, like whichever website I'm do I'm using it with. But um, right now, I'm just not. I'm just taking a, a break from Divi because it's just gone to shit for now. Anyways, so uh, where were? Yeah, okay. So let's get into the actual build stuff. All right. Now uh, we talked about how to get everything ready, right? Like your your assets and your planning and all that, right? And then installing the plugins that you'll need and all that kind of stuff. 
right? And one thing that I mentioned was to turn off the cache, right? Turn off all caching, right? Also, if you're using, uh, what is it? If you're using uh, the a browser, of course you're using a browser. Like on the front end, when you when you're building, when you're styling things, uh, if you turn off the cache, the browser cache as well, then when whenever you refresh, it will get the style sheets and everything uh, uh, reloaded new. So uh, any changes that you add to it will reflect on the front end. Now, um, in the in the um, inspector, if you go into settings, uh, you can find the thing where it disables the cache when you're when you have the inspector open. Um, that my free, it's not technically free, it's a name your price type of um, course on my website. There's an inspector, browser inspector use course, and it's name your own price. And I've actually made a few dollars off of that. Most people, like about, <laughs> I think about a hundred people uh, bought it for free, but the, I, I have had like a handful of people pay like $5, $12, one dollar, <laughs> one US dollar, and that got sent over to Australian dollars into my account, so I got 1.4 Australian dollars off of that, and then uh, Stripe takes off, if it's under, it takes, Stripe takes 3%, but then if it's under, like, whatever amount, then they take off 30 cents, so I made one Australian dollar and 10 cents off of that person, which is more than what other people who pay free, you know, pay me. But that that's fine. I, I, I said I said it so there's a zero limit, so that's fine. I'm just happy that somebody actually paid for it, you know? Um, because you know that's 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 respectful. I like that. Thank you. Anyways, um, not that not that people who buy it for free, because I'm I'm actually encouraging people to learn, so that's why I have it for free. Okay, so yeah, any anything I make off of that is just a nice surprise, so that's not a problem. Anyways, so you gotta turn off the cache, and I'm gonna mention that again, because now we're trying, we're actually talking about the actual build, all right? So in the actual build, the first thing, the, the most important thing that you really need to make sure you always have is turning off the cache, all caches, all right? The Divi Builder cache, the Divi uh, theme cache, the, the site or SiteGround has its own caching system, Turn that fucking thing off, and like any like I've seen people actually install two, three caches. That's even stupider than having a cache on when building. You know, don't worry too much about speed. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. You have to worry about getting it right and building it well when you start, and not like shit. All right. Then if you build if you build it so it's not shit, it will uh, cache better. All right, and there's a lot of technical stuff that I can talk about. I won't, too. I won't get into too much detail, but uh, I'll, I'll talk about that a little more when we get to that point. All right, so um, just don't worry too much about speed while you're developing. Just make sure you build it so it will cache well. Okay. All right. Now, um, which is why we talked about all that, all that other stuff in the in, in, in the other episode, right? Like getting your theme getting your images optimized and you know all that kind of stuff right so that that helps all right now um, after turning off all the cache you're gonna be on in the on the back end now the reason why I don't like front-end builders 
which includes pretty much everything else except for site ground, uh, sorry, site origin and Divi. And that's it, because Visual Composer changed to front-end only, so fuck that, right? Now, oh, I'm not sure if um those other themes like, um what is it, Enfold and Avada and all those other crappy shit, whatever, I don't know. I don't know if they're crappy. I, I didn't like them, certainly, so <laughs> I'm going to call them crappy. Uh, but yeah, um, they... I don't know if they still have the backend builder, but the reason why I like using the backend builder is because, like I said, build so it can be optimized easily. All right. Now, if you are using now, th one thing if if you put your website through a speed checker, one of the things that they check is how many HTML HTTP sources it takes its resources it gets the web for, it gets for the website which means let's say you're trying to render a website uh, it's gonna have to pull resources from a lot of different places right now just just to just to just as a disclaimer I'm not like a speed optimization guru there are other people who do that it's a whole other job um, but I do take certain precautions so I don't have to go down that rabbit hole and then have to hire someone who actually does that for me. I just do it at an acceptable level. All right. So this is what I've learned in, 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 you know, my experience. So HTTP requests are, it brings in a lot of files from a lot of different places. And of course that would include images. So if you have lots of, lots and lots of images on the website from different sources and that's why it's gonna it's gonna have trouble trying to load everything because you know just because you asked for a website the browser is just trying to pull a lot of stuff together I think I mentioned this before because I remember the analogy like putting on a bunch of clothes you know as, as opposed to just just wearing maybe board shorts and a t-shirt you're done right you're ready yeah I think I mentioned this as opposed compare that to like wearing a suit where you have to put on your socks you got you got you got to wear socks when you're wearing a suit, right? You got to put on your socks, and you got to you got to put on your underwear. And <laughs> of course, you don't necessarily have to when you're wearing board shorts, anyways. <laughs> and you wear a button-up shirt like that'll all take time, right? So I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this before. Yeah, I think I did. Anyways, so that those are all HTTP requests, and to in order to reduce the number of that kind of stuff, a long time ago, what we had and and a lot of themes used to do this. We had a thing called the sprite, and what a sprite is is a PNG file with a bunch. Of, it's like a it's like a sticker sheet, right? It's like a sticker sheet or a stamp sheet, or like a stencil sheet. Stencil sheet makes sense, like a stencil sheet. And if you need, let's say for example, a border or a shadow, right? Before we had box shadow and CSS, we used to have a sprite where it would have like a very thin piece of uh, a shadow, and then you would tell the browser, load this one piece of image, this one image, and then show just this part a million times, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like a stencil, I think a stencil makes sense. Like, you know how those, you have those um, ruler and stencils where it has like heart and circle and then you just put your, you know, you put it on a piece of paper and you just stencil it, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So that's what a, that's what a sprite was and that's, that's what you, that was used 
so you won't have to load like really small like one kilobyte um, GIF and PNG files like a hundred of them all over the website you just have to load that one sprite um, anyways so that's that's what I mean by um, trying to at least follow good practice when you're building so of course that goes the same for um, building well styling the front end through CSS alright because if you're enqueuing just one CSS file, which is your whole style sheet, of course the theme might have its own. So in the end, you're basically loading what two or three or four at best if you have like WooCommerce or whatever, and WooCommerce has its own styles. So maybe three. I don't know if you're gonna go all the way up to like five, six, seven. But if you start using a front end builder, and if you start doing that, it's gonna start loading more. And of course, it does try to keep them all into one, but it, like the, the and th this will co go into the next, one of the other um, points that I'm going to bring up as well. The way that the builder, front-end builder works inherently is that it allows you to put in numbers or drag and drop and drag things around, which means it will be very precise in that view mode it does not understand a system all right and we're going to get into that in a minute it needs to you need to understand a system and so first point is turn off the turn off all the caches second point get things in place you have all your optimized images you have your html you're going to put them all in the back end builder i keep saying back end builder because i think it's important now I'll get into more problems with the front end builder in a minute, but um, you're going to drop in all the HTML text that you made and the images that you had. For example, when I do a build, I just after I'm done with all my images, I just drop them in the library, media library once, and then I'm done. Whenever I do, whenever I put images in whatever spot, I can just find it, put it in there. Websites have like what at best 30 images 40 images at best maybe if it's a gallery it might have a little more than that but it doesn't have that many images if you plan well you don't have to upload different size different size different size different size and you know like the file names are like this one the new one please let's get this one to work the new one 02 new one 03 you get edited new one edited 03 you get all those kind of files and then it just becomes a mess and and the whole website even though it doesn't look like it's it has a lot of content, it's just really heavy. That's that's bad, right? So if you have all your images optimized properly, all you have to do is just drop them in once and you're done, and then just connect them with the builder, if you're using a builder that is, connect them later on, just find the image from the media, media library and you're done, right? So get those things in place, all right? Now, if you have planned properly and if you have a proof that works well and if you understand the proof, and I think I mentioned this last time, I just make notes on it with my iPad and stuff. If they're all in place properly, then um, it is going to uh, be in the right spot. All you need to do from now on is style it, all right? Now, if you understand a good level of CSS, then you can actually put them in, you know, just so you know the order of things like um, if something is going to overlap on top it should go underneath all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of things that will help if you understand more CSS and the way that I think 
front-end developers should be developing. And I would hopefully assume that whoever is listening to this will either want to have at least a competent level of front-end development, you know, an acceptable level of front-end development, or at least a willing, willingness to learn, um, or work with someone who actually can do it you know, at a competent, acceptable level. And of course, uh, I, I, I explain, I, I talk about how to pair with someone as a designer, how to pair with the developer, as a developer, how to pair with the designer. I explained that in a, an episode. Um, I don't remember which one it was. It was something like, get it together? Was it this? Nope, that's not it. Seven? Nope. Eight? Nope. Sorry, I should... Uh, now I'm now I'm stuck on this. I want to. Oh, where the fuck was it? I don't have all the. Oh, fuck. All right. I don't know. I'll find it. Anyways, so uh, it's the it's the one where the featured image is two people high fiving. All right. I forgot the. Uh, it's not in my uh, it's not in my notes app. All right. So where was I? Yeah. So once you put everything in place, now publish it. Go to the front end and look at what you've done. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look like a mess but because nothing's going to be styled, right? So don't touch the module settings or anything. Don't try to set the color of the H2s. Don't try not to do that, all right? Try to do as much as you can in CSS. Anyways, um, when you're doing that, try to look at the template and try to plan things so the template actually works, all right? Now, once you start, once you finish styling the homepage, you'll have a one or two template sets that you can use on the other pages. So save them however way you do it. Like um, a lot of page builders have ways of saving sections or uh, rows or whatever. Do that and then go to the next page and try to call them, load them and then change just the content and then see if those templates work. Right? So that's how you, that's how you see how you're planning in the previous stage, how you're planning actually makes sense. You're gonna see how those planning, how that planning works. If your planning sucks, and then the site, if you load the template and then it just looks like shit, then you planned wrong, right? So that's that's one important thing that I think you should um, think about when you're when you're uh, building, right? Uh, another point is hopefully I hope you can style only from the front end only, right? Now uh, that means that you will actually look at the proper representation of what it should look like in the browser because you're not going through the eyes of a builder. Let's say for example, you and I keep saying this fucking stupid, stupid ass visual builders like whatever stupid fuck ass visual builders. Sorry if that's what you use, but I think they're stupid. Anyways, um, let's say for example, you're using like uh, Elementor. You have a sidebar. I think, I hope you can hide that sidebar. But there's a sidebar that takes up like 250 pixels on the on the left. Fuck that. Fuck that. And you can't even see it properly. Like, let's say you're developing on a laptop. You can't see shit, right? Also, uh, let's say you're developing in front end with Divi. Wherever you you move your mouse, it's just, things just keep popping up and just obscuring the view. Just like everything, everything your mouse does, the whole all the modules are just like pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, and you're like fuck the fuck off, 
fuck off, stay, stop, stop. I, I will summon you if I need it, right? That's why even on the front end, and the Divi theme builder does that. It's only visual builder only, and then you have to go into the settings and then change it to a wireframe view, and then if you save it and then come back, it's gone. It's You're back to visual builder. Oh. Anyway, so that's another thing. I, I really hate all of the modules and everything just just you know it's popping up like like I don't know I don't know what what pops up what would pop up uh, candied apples pop up in a barrel <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's something else that would be a, that would better pop it up I was gonna say maggots but no maggots are just such a horrible thing to uh, imagine candied apples sound way better than maggots uh, unless you're a Slipknot fan. Anyways, so I should stop saying anyways. I think I said that last week. Alright, that was supposed to be anyways. <laughs> so, I yeah, I hate the front end for many, many reasons. And um, the hover states for everything is one of them. And it causes way too much pressure on the front, uh, front end browser way too much load on the browser slows things down could cause problems might not save well and you're relying on the builder to style things for you and also like I said before you're gonna end up moving things and dragging things to get margins and paddings and probably not borders but margins and paddings and that kind of stuff right now I think margins and paddings should follow a system. It should follow a system. Like um, in print, the spacing, I one of the designers I've worked with uh, used to use sevens. Like uh, I, I don't know the exact system, but let's say for example, you would have something that are uh, 70 pixels across and then you'd have 140, I don't know, something like that, 140, 210 um, probably points because it's print right and I think I've mentioned that I use 120 everything is a system of 12 for me because it's divisible easily by almost any number underneath it so I use 120 um, there are some people and um, I think I got this from this guy who was it I forgot oh musician friend musician pen pal friend uh, he mentioned he, he sent me a link and that link was about the uh, golden ratio right and it was about typography having a golden ratio difference in the sizes which is great advice um, and one of the things that you can also learn from that is it, it all follows a really nice system right and I think when you're styling things with code it so easy to do it that you most definitely should have a system and not just dragging paddings around dragging the margins around and saying like oh this is so much better because I can use my mouse no fuck off because what's gonna happen is the margin is gonna end up being like 118 pixels 118 pixels with important on it on the top and then the bottom is like 53 pixels important you know it's you're gonna end up with shit like that and then later when you start resizing the browser you see oh this isn't gonna work so you move something else 
you move the first row and then now you're going to move the, the section and the section now has 118 pixels margin on top and then you add negative 23 pixels important in the row and then you're just going to end up with a bunch of shit. It's, it's like Jenga where nobody knows what they're doing and then you end up with such a teeter-totter type of structure that it's just going to just crap all over the place. And that's what I've seen a lot of people do on the front with the front end builder. And luckily, I have I didn't start with that, so that's not how I've been trained. That's not what I'm used to, so I don't do that. And I think um, with a certain with a custom class, you add one class like padding uh, regular, and then everything underneath that follows the system. 120, 90, 45, 60. Uh, 30 and then sometimes between text you might have 15 or 20 right so it just follows a system and that is not only more efficient in terms of amount of code it actually keeps the design system pretty well uh, uh, uniform and intact you know so that's why I don't think using the front end builder is a good way to make professional websites that's why I keep saying it's it's fine for amateurs because for them, even being able to do that is fine, right? Because otherwise, they're going to end up in Squarespace or Wix. And we know how wonderfully awesome they are and how much I love that kind of shit, right? So, um, yeah, front-end builders on WordPress like, you don't even have to touch code. Yeah, fine, fine, just fucking do that, right? But if you actually get paid to do your shit, I really suggest that you don't do that and actually have a proper code system or whatever it is, just prop do it properly and not just move your mouse around and then just like, and then say like, oh, I'm detail oriented. Sure you are, fucker. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not detail oriented if you do that kind of shit. All right? So, uh, yeah. And I know a lot of professionals. Oh, self-proclaimed. Well, actually professionals because you get paid for it. And I know a lot of professionals who end up with websites like that. Like shitty, shitty websites. Anyways, I should stop saying anyways. I keep saying, oh, that is, that is, that is, that, that seems to be my verbal crutch. I should stop. Oh, it's because I veer off topic so much. It's not actually veering off topic if you are actually talking about things that you're talking about. But I add so many little things everywhere. I should stop that. But then again, that's how I talk and that's how I add so much. Oh, well, whatever. Stop that. Stop saying it. Stop. Okay, next. Delete useless images. Delete useless uh, plugins. Delete all the useless stuff. Don't delete the plugins that you're going to use later for caching and that kind of stuff, but delete stuff that you've played around with and doesn't work. All right? Like I said, if you upload an image, it's not the right size, and you don't like it, Maybe resize it, but then call it edited, edited new, edited new 01, edited new 01 again, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, if you do that, delete all the other stuff. Whenever I upload an image, I check whenever I have to upload an image that's not or that's going to take place of another image that was already uploaded in the media library. What I do is I upload that, I delete that old one, and then I put the new one in there, you know, so... I just try to make sure there's only one of everything and there's only one 
like so every image in the library is shown on the front end and every image in the front end there's only one of them in the media library that's what I aim to do so you know less stuff less shit on the server you know so that 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 really helps you know not only does it help when you migrate it also helps when you back up it also helps when you are trying to uh, fix things it also helps when you know exactly what you're looking at and where you can find it. There's a lot of reasons why it will help to have only one of what you need, you know? So, all right. Next, don't rely on small adjustments. Make a system, which is what I, what I was talking about. That's why I don't like the front-end builder because you end up trying to make small adjustments and then take taking the website to shit. Just It's going to go to shit. So, make a system. All right, uh, and if you have a good proof, it's a lot easier to keep the system. And I think that's another reason why you should actually just try to do at least the basic stuff with code. If you're gonna center a text in uh, whatever, if you use code, it's gonna be centered properly. If you use a front end builder and try to adjust the margins and paddings, it's gonna go to shit. I guarantee. All right, so yeah, make a system, stick with that system. All right, next. Uh, try to understand how things are put together, which means when you're building in your CSS style sheet, not on the front end builder, but when you're done putting things together and you're styling things with the style sheet, uh, you're going to keep the inspector open. That gives you a really good chance to understand the HTML structure of the front end. And once you know how that works later in your next project, you can actually do a much better job of planning because you know where the section ends and section starts. You know where the rows end and rows starts as opposed to using the front end builder and just looking at the boxes and the boxes that the outlines that light up and you're like, oh, where am I? You know, not that kind of shit, but actually looking at the code and knowing exactly how it is uh, built. All right. That's another thing that I think is very, very important. All right. Um, I think I think that's enough. Um, oh yeah, right. Why is this left unfinished? Why is this left unfinished? All right. The reason why it's actually left un I say it's left unfinished is because there are some things that you will not have or cannot actually do on the build site. So those things you will have to leave unfinished and you can go uh, back to the client and tell them I need this and this and this to finalize, right? So the, like I make a small report of the build and I say I need, I need these kind of things, uh, get them for me or yeah, provide them and I'll put them in there and we can finish, right? Not only does that actually make the finalization easier um, they have a clear uh, uh, checklist of what they need to be doing and sometimes they think it they feel like everything else is really well finished and this is all they need to do this is the last missing piece so they sort of it helps expedite uh, the finalization as well so things like let's say things like um, social logins not social logins, uh, what is it, social feeds. Like if you use Instagram, if you use Smash, not Smash, Smash, Smash Balloon. If you use Smash Balloon plugin, uh, 
for Instagram, uh, and you know whatever it is, social whatever shit, whatever whatever. Uh, you might you will. It's better to actually take it live on the new live URL than the preview URL, and you're connecting it. All you need to do is just log into Instagram in your browser, uh, into their Instagram in your browser, and then Smash Balloon will uh, connect the feeds, right? So doing that on a live site is way better than doing that on a preview site, right? Also, emails. Now this is something that uh, can be very frustrating and it took me a very long time to actually learn and understand but let's say for example you're building on a preview site right for example uh, fuck y'all dot almost inevitable dot site <laughs> I don't have I don't have that I don't have that I I have almost inevitable dot site but I don't have that subdomain so don't check it it's not there. <laughs> I actually should make it and then just put up fuck y'all. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. So let's say it's a fuck all y'all dot almost inevitable dot site. And from that site, I can actually send it, send any emails to, let's say, for example, uh, fuck all y'all dot com, right? And the client is going to have the website at fuck all y'all dot com, right? So from almost inevitable dot site, that is the actual domain, right? It can send emails to, like, let's say, for example, hello at fuckallyall.com, right? And it works. But then, once you migrate the site, you try to send emails, and it won't work. The reason is because what, what could happen is if you have your emails on a remote server, all right, if your MX server is mail exchange server. MX server is somewhere else. If it's outside, third party, and it's not local host, then WordPress is confused. For example, if you're using Outlook or Gmail, G Suite in this case, G Suite or Zoho, those kind of services, right? If you use that, if you have the same domain for your emails, of course you're gonna have to do that, right? Hello at fuckallyall.com can be on Outlook, right? And that means that WordPress will think it's local by default. So it's going to try to send it to local. But it, can't, it won't be able to receive it because it doesn't go outside of WordPress and comes back in. It tries to send it within WordPress. All right? So if it's on a remote server, it's not going to work. And that kind of thing is useless because it, you can, you can, it, it, it'll look like it works fine on your preview site, but then if you migrate it, it's not going to work. So of course it doesn't have any meaning that it, it, you don't need it to be finished, like the contact form. You don't need the contact form to be finished before it's built, before it's previewed, I mean before finalization. So tell them that. It's not, that part's not finished. Also um, a lot of times um, when it's a new business, they don't have their Facebook feed or their Instagram feed or their Twitter account or LinkedIn or whatever fuck else they have, um, Pinterest, whatever, whatever, right? Whatever it is, a lot of times uh, new businesses might not have that set up. So before you even start the build, you're going to be like, hey, go ahead and start that shit and then I'll come back and get it from you, right? So you might have that, like social media buttons, you might not have that. You might have the social media buttons in place, but you just might not have the links. 
So ask them for the URL. So you're going to leave that part also unfinished, right? So there's a lot of things that can that might not be finished. You don't have to finish all of it for the preview. That's something that you need to think about. You don't need to have it all finished for the preview because if you make everything live and working, some things might not work when it migrates because some things might just be set up for your don't your domain, your subdomain, not the actual live domain, you know? So that kind of thing actually happens. So that's one thing that you might have to leave unfinished, hence the title of this episode. That was me clapping. All right. I think that's about it. We can talk about other stuff in the next episode, but for now, those are all things that you need to think about when you're doing the build, and I hope some of this helped. All right. Now, let's go to news and articles. Okay, welcome back to News and Articles. This, oh, by the way, this episode seems to be uh, pretty long. <laughs> might, it might be. might be. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it doesn't really matter if it's long, it's long. Uh, but still, there's a lot of fun stuff that we can talk about. And, oh, well, I don't know if this is going to be long. It doesn't really matter, does it? So, the first one here is from searchengineland.com. And the title is Privacy-Focused Rewarded Ads Browser Brave Tops 10 Million Monthly Active Users. Whoa! MAUs must mean monthly active users. MAUs have doubled in the past year is a subtitle. Okay, so Brave is a browser that is based off of Chromium, which means it does the same shit that Chrome does but they forked it pretty much and they built their own version of Chromium, right? So uh, I, I use Brave quite a bit. Brave is my Chrome experience because I do not use Chrome. I fucking hate Chrome because it is a Google browser and Google can fuck off. Although I do use Google, they can, you know, fuck off kindly, right? So. <laughs> Um, I'll get it. You, you guys know I hate Google, right? Like, yeah. So, even when I was in college, like, alright, so I'm not like fight the power or hippie, not too much, but I do not like the power. So, it's not as active, but it's sort of like a subdued fuck the power type thing, alright? So, like, raging against the machine type thing, alright? But not as actively loud. Although, you know, Rage Against the Machine loud is good. Um, so, Brave is a browser that I, I mentioned before that comes with Adblock. And especially since um, Google is trying to shut down all the Adblocks, uh, I think this is a good idea. And also, it is one, it is a very famous website that has been built by Divi. So, there's that. If you're a Divi fan, yeah. Alright, so... Uh, it now has doubled to 10.4 million at the end of last month, which is pretty awesome, right? So, uh, what is this? When, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, 
tripled in the last year to 3.3 million. Uh, all right, so the thing is, oh, there are a lot of content creators for Divi as well, verified content creators, and you'll you'll see what that what what that means if you look at if you if you load the browser, and if you look at the first page, the load page, then it has like beautiful images, and that comes from content creators. I don't know how I don't know what that means or how they're compensated or whatever. I think what you can do is you can allow some sites to show you ads because you support them and then you can get a little bit off of that and they can get paid for their ads, right? Um, otherwise, all the other ads can fuck off. So you will not be seeing any ads. And if you use Brave, you even on mobile, even on mobile, if you use Brave, you're not going to see any ads for YouTube. So no more YouTube ads. And I haven't seen a YouTube ad in a very, very, very long time. So there's that, right? Uh, of course, you can use Adblock on Firefox, uh, but still, Brave is a Chrome experience that just that does just that. And yeah, so it's it's actually it's it's a far cry from what people like Firefox or not people, but browsers like Firefox or um, Chrome. Safari, uh, like the user numbers, like what they those uh, browsers have, but still, it's 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 a good number, right? Ten million active monthly active users is good. Brave is well on its way to becoming an actual uh, used browser, so good for them. I support that. All right, next. This is a simple similar story because. Uh, <laughs> I just put them together, all right? Now, this is on Wired.com, which is a very, very um, prominent website. I used to actually subscribe to Wired on paper. So that's that was, that was good. I actually read magazine articles from Wired. Now they have a .com. And this guy has a story. Uh, the title is, I Ditched Google for DuckDuckGo. Here's why you should too. Now, if you are a web developer or maybe a designer, DuckDuckGo is not the best. But, and, oh, you can read the read the whole article, and I'll I'll get into what the article is about in a minute. Okay, but like I said, if you're a web developer or a designer, DuckDuckGo might not be the best. Right. For example, if you if you want to go through a lot of a Stack Overflow stuff, you will have to use. If you just type it into DuckDuckGo by default, it's not going to find you. Like, let's say for example, you're looking for whatever, like a very specific uh, WordPress PHP function. You type that in. You type that in. You won't get many results. Google goes to Stack Overflow easily. Find gets you a whole list of all the stuff for Stack Overflow or like if you want to find something for a vast custom field, just type ACF and then you just type whatever you need, and then Google will just get you a, another sub list of all the stuff in the ACF support forums. You know, so it's good. Google does a good job of finding the right coding answer for you and that kind of stuff. If you're using, if you're a d designer, reverse image search and all that works well, and it's 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 good. Google does a good job. The reason why Google does a good job is because it wants you to use its services so it can show you more ads. But still, the search engine is good, right? Now, DuckDuckGo is not as good in that 
regard. You got to be honest. I'm going to be honest and, and, you know, so uh, clear about this. DuckDuckGo is not as good, but DuckDuckGo has a thing called bangs, which is um, putting an exclamation mark in front. So if you type uh, WordPress function, let's see, whatever, uh, the, the content, the underscore content, open, close, uh, parentheses, that, that drops you off at um, WP content folder. Uh, anyways, if you type that in, dunk, dunk, go, uh, and then put in spacebar, and then put in uh, exclamation point, G. Then it actually takes that search query, puts it through Google, and just drops you off at Google. You can do that for a lot of stuff because DuckDuckGo has a lot of bangs. Like you can put into IMDB or you can put into Yahoo if you actually use Yahoo. Nobody uses Yahoo, but if you do, right, you might be one of the dozen. So, <laughs> um, or Reddit, or you know, there's bangs for pretty much everything where you search. You know, so. It's really good. You can actually use DuckDuckGo to extend whatever you need, you know? So uh, that actually helps a lot. So I actually default all my stuff to DuckDuckGo. And I only use DuckDuckGo as my first search. If I need anything more, I just put in a bang and I go directly to whatever I need. So that's, that really helps. So that's why I use DuckDuckGo. And this guy says to, yeah, so. Uh, but this guy's whole point in this article is that you actually search for pretty generic terms uh, general things on DuckDuckGo, so you don't actually need the high uh, tracking that Google <laughs> offers. <laughs> Not offers, but Google comes with, you know, so that's why I say it. Because DuckDuckGo actually, actually doesn't track you. They're not into the privacy invasion business, so that's good. All right, next, let's move on. Uh, this website is, if I can say it right, Mark... Ozeric, Marco Zeric, or Mar Kozeric, or Ma Rukit. No, that's not it. Marcos Eric. I don't know. I don't know how to read this. Um, oh, there you go. Marco Zeric. There's a space when he, in his name in the author. All right. So the title is. <laughs> you're gonna laugh. How to fight back against Google AMP as a web user and a web developer. Now this is actually important for us because Google AMP is taking over a lot of links, all right? When you search something, the first, you know how Google used to actually, oh man, this is gonna be a long ass episode. When you know how Google used to, now, now I guess, you, Google now answers a lot of your questions if you ask something, like what, what is a what, what is a whatever, or you know, then they give you an answer, and the, the answer is actually from what they've tracked, found is the best answer to that question from a website. So they take an excerpt from that website and gives you the answer. Is that good? It is good for you, but it's not good for the website that provided that information. They actually see a drop in traffic because of that answer, right? Which is why when I see an answer from, from Google, I actually go to that website just as a, a, a courtesy I don't see any ads, so doesn't help, but still, <laughs> still as a courtesy, I go there and I read the whole thing just to get more context. Um, but that's, that was one thing that Google used to do. Now, actually, they, for, for mobile, what they do now is they have a thing called fucking AMP. And AMP, Accelerated Mobile Pages, is 
actually they they take up the traffic and they and you don't go to that website. You actually end up with a Google link and just get a Google AMP page, which sucks, right? So um, here, this guy uh, outlined a lot of stuff that you can do that um, will at least fight against Google AMP because it's actually stopping, it's actually blocking traffic. They're actually using your content and taking the traffic. So fuck that, right? So number one, don't use Google search. <laughs> number two, don't use a Chrome browser. So DuckDuckGo on Firefox like me will fight AMP. Number three, don't use AMP on your own sites. Now if you use WordPress, and some, some people who use WordPress uh, want their website to uh, serve their websites quicker on Google and, and Google will refer their websites quicker and they install AMP plugins and all that kind of shit but in the end you're actually giving up your content for Google to get more traffic out of it for, out of it for themselves in the first place so fuck that shit right so that and number four this is actually an answer to a question but why are there so many sites slow in the first place you can do your own shit to make it better faster and you don't have to rely on Google AMP Right and number five, treat the cause and you just keep read the rest. Right, how to make your sites faster without AMP, than AMP without using AMP. So read that list. It's an interesting stuff. It's an interesting article that I think, um, as a web developer, would be interesting or at least helpful. All right, now let's get into something that is a lot lighter in um, content or issue. It is on Dribble with three Bs. So if you go to dribble.com, there's a article that they put up a few days ago. Uh, 30 famous animated characters reimagined by another designer. Yay! Something fun! Fun! Alright, so you can look through here and you'll see like Beauty and the Beast, the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. And um, you can see it's not Zelda. His name is not Zelda. Zelda is the princess, I think. Link is the guy. So you can see Link in a really cute 3D thing. And I think this is Mulan, right? Mulan, the live-action Mulan uh, main character lady got a lot of shit for um, uh, speaking against Hong Kong. <laughs> Fuck her. Um, and, 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 you know, in a bad way, not actually... Fucking, but anyways, um, <laughs> uh, Elsa, Garfield, Mary Poppins, Calvin and Hobbes, Yoda, uh, Baby Yoda, Mandalorian, Man Mandalorian, sorry, not Midichlorian, Mandalorian. Um, there's Tinkerbell, Pocahontas, Smokey the Bear, Edna, yay, Edna, Groot, Beauty and the Beast, furniture things, uh, Mojo Jojo, Mario, Oscar. And what the fuck is this? I don't know that. Uh, that looks like Moana. That looks like Woody. I can't. I won't read read all of this for you, but it's it's really fun to look at. It's a lot of characters uh, drawn in a different way. So that's fun. Yay! Let's go to resources.
back to resources. Um, it's just past midnight now over here. Uh, it was a it was a Monday and now it is a Tuesday. I record on Mondays normally. Uh, if I'm way too busy, I might end up recording on Tuesdays for the Wednesday uh, uh, publish. But I normally record on Mondays because you know uh, I don't know. It's just good time to do that. Uh, this Monday and this whole pre-Christmas season is just killing me with work and so much stuff to get through and then also you have a lot of personal stuff you gotta prepare for like buying presents and stuff and set going to parties and set <laughs> going to parties is fun but and setting up parties and get togethers and all that kind of shit so that's oh well anyways it'll be okay I should stop saying anyways I keep saying that every time I say it alright so this is webaud.it let me read that again w-e-b-a-u-d dot i-t so i-t is I think an Italian TLD isn't it? I think I mentioned this before dot p-k is Pakistani which is why I don't think I can purchase it but I would really like to get some dot p-k websites but anyways uh, ah shit I said it again <laughs> I think i-t is Italian isn't it? Uh, but here, what they're doing is actually they're trying to spell web audit, web audit, right? So one one trend that we used to have is um, trying to get alternate domains, you know, and um, the .au. I think I mentioned this before. .au has still not been released. If it were, I would have been like trying to get plateau or bureau, you know. I think I mentioned that. So .au at the end, but here it's .it. And their website is Web Audit, right? So Web Audit, but just uh, dot before the IT. And this is a checklist of things. Now, there's a lot of technical stuff here. You don't have to do all of it, but some of them, at least if you know what's going on, is pretty useful, all right? And it's a checklist. You can actually just check it. There you go, checked, checked. Formatting, language and directionality, meta tags, style and script placement, responsive design, performance, HTML optimization, CSS optimization, JavaScript, JavaScript optimization, image optimization, web font optimization, minimize HTTP requests. See, remember I told you about this. Deliver assets through CDN, maybe sometimes. Enable GZIP or Broccoli. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Not broccoli. Broccoli. Bro I think that's how you say it. Broccoli comp compression. Um, unfortunately, the server that I use is Broadly, so whenever I put it through um, Pingdom or G GT Metrics, they always tell me to uh, that I don't have GZIP, and I tell them to fuck off. Anyways, there's a lot of stuff here that you can check, uh, and uh, accessibility stuff, uh, security stuff. So it's worth it. So check out that resource; it really does help. Right? This is a, like I said, it's a little technical. It's for more for web developers than designers, uh, but it really is a good checklist. Check that out. All right, next, Speckyboy. Speckyboy is five bad habits that can hurt your WordPress website. Ooh. All right, number one, here we have leaving unused plugins installed. Why is that bad? Normally it is not. It is not. But their uh, explanation is that it can become a backdoor exploitation for bad hackers. Uh, malicious hackers if 
they you know you install a plugin that has malware in it and it gets activated somehow you know so it does it can cause problems it normally does not but it's better to be safe than not because the next issue is assuming your website is secure right nothing is secure right so uh, of course get something like a word fence sometimes word fence is too active and you're blocking users but still it's better safe than sorry uh, and zero span ASKIMNet or whatever ASKIMNet or whatever it is uh, where you uh, it blocks spam comments and stuff uh, there's a lot of things you can use captures invisible captures are better so yeah uh, another thing number three letting commercial license expire of course because not only do you not get updates a lot of the updates are security related and also WordPress updates so the themes and the plugins will have to update as well of course if it is important to you you gotta keep paying if it is not and they can fuck off you can change your credit card or stop paying right so yeah it depends if you get a I don't I really don't understand like you know like oh man I'm sorry if uh, I, like the, the term lifetime membership itself, you know, like, yeah, technically lifetime feels like, you know, like for 60, 70 years at least for some people, I don't know, <laughs> but it's, well, it's, it's really nice that they're assuming that the company's going to be around for at least 50, 60 years, but I don't know, like, it's and also if you, it, it, I think they're going for like at least use this for three four years and we'll just take the money for three four years all in one you know something like that but I don't know especially like really small companies where I don't even think they'll be around for a year you know and then they're like oh we have a, we have a lifetime you know subscription and like really uh, you know uh, so these guys are saying. Be very selective and be very critical of what you pay for. And if you just do, do your research, get things that you actually will use and stick with it because um, they do offer good developers, good companies do offer uh, their money's worth. All right, so that's it. So, yeah. Uh, using multiple plugins for the same purpose. Now, this is something that I've seen a lot of amateurs do. And... Whenever I log into an amateur's website, if I look at their list of plugins, I will see this. What it is, is like, let's say for example, you want to make a blurb that has a certain look. You look around and you find a tutorial, and this tutorial says you gotta use Beaver Builder and then use this module for that. And you do it. You install Beaver Builder and you do that part but you have a slider that you want to use and then you're like, oh, what do I do now? And you look around and you say, and this, this website says, you got to install Smart Slider 3. Like, oh, okay, I'll install Smart Slider 3 and you get whatever you need. And then another thing that you're like, oh, what about this section? How do I make this section responsive like that? And it says, Oh, you gotta use Elementor. Like, oh, okay, I'll use Elementor. Thank you. 
and then you see something really cool and you're like, ooh, how do I did how do I do that? How do they put a video in the background? And they say, uh, this tutorial, this particular tutorial says you gotta use layer slider. Oh, I'll install fucking layer slider. You know? And then this guy this guy, you talk to this guy, like this guy says, Oh, you can use Divi Builder everywhere. Oh, I'm gonna install fucking Divi Builder. And you end up with like four fucking slider plugins and three fucking page builders and two well, not two. I've, I've actually seen three contact form plugins like Gravity. Not a lot of Gravity Builder because you got to pay for that, but Gravity Forms. I've seen people install Forminator, uh, Contact Form 7, and Ninja Forms all on one website just to be able to style one part, just to be able to do that. You know, it's just a shitload of shit mess. Stop doing that. So I agree with this guy, Specky Boy. Uh, another one, not keeping personal backups. Mmm, don't keep personal backups. Oh, well, you keep personal backups. So like using something like Updraft and then syncing to Google is a good way to do it. Google Drive, fuck Google, but still Google Drive. <laughs> I, keep, I, use, I use some of their stuff, but like I said, I keep saying I don't like them. Uh, try to use... Uh, try to up. You can upload and you can save databases onto Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever you use. Updraft can do that really well. Uh, there are you can use all-in-one migration to backup. You can use Duplicator to backup. There's a lot of backup solutions out there. Uh, Manage WP might do that too. I don't know. Uh, and of course, your server does that too. So uh, make sure you keep backups. Helpful. And another thing, WordPress requires tender love and care. I think that's what TLC means, right? Or is it T Boz Left Eye and Chili? Uh, you gotta be old enough to understand that. Sorry. Uh, what you know, most of my audience I think is old enough to understand TLC, waterfalls and shit. Alright, next. Uh, I think this is saying CSS hint. I think that should be it, not CS shint. Sorry. So this link is about 18. Anima CSS animated gradient examples and it's really cool it's just so cool to check out it's just fun to look at and if you see anything that that might actually be useful you know get it try it out you know like there's a gradient you can get a radial gradient move with your mouse of course you'll need JavaScript to pick up the mouse movement but it's cool you know there's a lot of cool things you can do here uh, and you know, like if you really want to see how something is done or if you really want to implement it into your website or Divi website, just let me know. I might make a tutorial. So yeah, it's really cool. Just check it out, all right? So I think I've gone over an hour by now, but oh well, because I talked about a lot of other stuff. And I hope this one helped because it added a lot of stuff. I think I put in a lot of really uh, important real-life tips, you know, and not about like just inspirational, motivational shit, but, you know, actual tips. So, hope that helped. All right, I will see you in the next episode. Have a great day, and take care. Bye-bye.